Hey, welcome back to the Infus Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 346. Um, all right. So normally we have like pleasantries and it's like, how's your week? How's my week? Whatever. But we're just hopping right into this because we have breaking news as of recording. Uh, Vince McMahon just announced his retirement from WWE. About time. Really? Are you going to say that? Yeah, honestly, and it, I know a lot of people will talk about it being because of all the allegations and stuff while I'm right. saying this. No, I've been saying this for, we. well, bo- both of us have been saying this for a long time, just because of his lack of creativity. And if you want the WWE to actually just, you know, be more creative and go, I, I don't even watch, I haven't watched it in a while just because it's, it's just been boring for the most part and they just don't know what to do with their wrestlers or don't do a good enough job. I should say right. with their talent. Right. And well, this is again, this he's stuck in his, you know, a guy like that. He's made it big because he's very stubborn. Well, here's the issue driven. is it's it, everything that's done in WWE right now is for an audience of one for him. Yes. So, right. you know, Here's the thing is everybody's going to talk about this because there's a whole bunch of allegations going around and things like that. So just to kind of catch everybody up, because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago where he had paid right. off a paralegal, $3 million. It turns out there's another what $9 million in payments that have surfaced. Now here's the thing is he was paying all of that with his own money. And aside from one particular case, which I'll get to, like it seems like all of these were just consensual relationships and hush money. And so, like here, we said before, well, yeah, it ahead. might not be great because, again, you're talking about the dynamic of power. But mm-hmm. but as long as these women entered into this, you know, willingly and, you know, it was a consensual relationship that, you know, the emphasis on consensual. And he did again, he paid it mm-hmm. from his own funds. Quite the wealthy guy. Right. I mean, so, he's a, he's a like, legit billionaire. Regard, so, you know, yeah. In in that regard, I, I don't really care. It, it's when you read some of the other stuff that this you know come out, or like not even necessarily in the recent past, but right. some of the other stuff that came out. That's a, that's more a lot more alarming. But again, I, my yeah. opinions on this is more about you know focusing on him and what he's done to the WWE, or hasn't allowed it to grow like it should have in the last 10 years. Well, I, I, it's not, no, it's grown. Here's the thing it is, is um, I'm, I'm not going to say wrong, like, but it has grown. He has grown it, but not as a wrestling product, as a brand, right? It, yeah, when it, it I is, say it grow, is more, I mean creatively. Sure. But I mean, it's more successful in monetarily now than it's ever been. And, and it's mm-hmm. the reason why it's so big. I mean, he has all of these, brand deals and you know all of this other stuff and and so at the end of the day he has made a juggernaut of a company that is you know one of these they're too big to fail right um which is or isn't true but that's the, that's what they say about this stuff him stepping down is huge so um because nobody thought he was going to step down. Nobody thought he was going to retire. I mean, Chris Jericho even said on a podcast, you know, this is just Vince. Like it's either going to, he's either going to like 
be ruined by this or he's going to be fine and probably going to be fine because it's Vince McMahon because he's been Teflon over the years. That being yeah, said, he, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're right about that. I like from a creative standpoint, it has not grown at all. No. Now, that doesn't mean it hasn't grown. Like, I'm talking about from a strictly product, what you see on the, I was about to say on the field, in the ring aspect of it. Because, yeah, he's grown it with the whole Saudi thing, and they get, I mean, they get tons of money going over there. I, I mean, mean, they get like $10 million per show or something crazy like that. No, it's even more than that. So, it's like, uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, so, it's like one third of what like Brock Lesnar makes for a match, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in that regard, you're absolutely right. As far as the connection and, and expanding the brand, which you cannot deny that that's an important aspect of any company right. expanding your brand. It's just, it's just stagnated as a product in the ring, and it's it. You're you're right. It is big. I don't I, I don't know how this is going to affect not only the product but as you mentioned the brand. So and where right. it goes from here. Okay, and so here's the thing: is with the brand, um, Stephanie Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan, no relation to Tony uh, from AEW, have been named co CEOs, and Stephanie is retaining the chairwoman ship position that she she currently holds. Cause she was named the interim CEO about three weeks ago, maybe. So here's what's interesting is Nick Khan has been brought in in about the last year or so and has making, been making a lot of really good business choices for, you know, WWE, uh, Stephanie, like is not, here's the thing. Stephanie, Stephanie McMahon, the character versus Stephanie McMahon, the person are two entirely different things. Stephanie McMahon, the businesswoman, is amazing. And she's beloved within the company. I have no, I have nothing but confidence that she can run this and run it well and, and improve things like storytelling and, and, you know, maybe streamline the process a little bit. I also think not having Vince there, um, changing things at the last minute, rewriting raw and SmackDown scripts minutes before they go to air is definitely going to help for like long-term storytelling, things like that, creating new stars. Nick Khan, on the other hand, there's been rumors since he came on board that he's just here to help make the brand good enough to sell. That's so I know you said they're, they're running as partners in a sense. But who ultimately has the, the the last word in what goes on? Is it going to be Stephanie? Well, we don't, I, and I, don't I mean, mean they just, haven't they haven't said like they they haven't said okay. that. So um, we just know they're co CEOs. That that's what we know right now. Um, Vince put out a tweet. Um, let's see, about an hour ago from recording, he says, "At seventy-seven, time for me to retire." Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together, 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 hashtag WWE, hashtag thankful. Uh, and then the Variety article that is linked in the show notes goes more into it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is going to be really interesting. Um, although I will say one of the responses to the tweet is my favorite thing I've seen all day. It says Vince McMahon is all elite <laughs> and it's the all elite That's graphic, great. which is just, I mean, as of right now, it's got like 941 likes, which is pretty great. Um, 
Anyway, so uh, here's what Vince says. Our goal, our global audience can take comfort knowing WWE will continue to entertain you with the same fervor, dedication, and passion as always. I'm extremely confident in the continued success of WWE. I leave our company in the capable hands of an extraordinary group of superstars, employees, and executives. In particular, both chairwoman and co-CEO Stephanie McMahon and co-CEO Nick Khan. As a majority stakeholder, I would continue to support WWE in any way I can. My personal thanks to our community and business partners, shareholders, and board of directors for their guidance and support through the years, then, now, forever, together. Which is, you know, that whole WWE talking point right now. Um, I mean, this is going to be huge. This is going to shake things up. I, I have a, I'm curious if he's going to show up on SmackDown tonight or at SummerSlam tomorrow. Um, again, we're recording on Friday, the 20, what's the 22nd. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is leading into a huge paper, like, you know, one of the big four pay-per-views, which if you follow wrestling and we're talking about this way longer than I wanted to, but, um, if you follow wrestling, like WWE is not happy with the card they've put together for SummerSlam. So this tells me, hopefully we're going to get some wholesale changes Maybe they're going to like actually use NXT the way it was meant to be and build some homegrown stars. Because if you look at what AEW does, AEW is not a better product than WWE. It's not. It just has better wrestling right now because AEW has taken the time to do long-term storytelling and building young stars from their originals, you know, um, stable, like, or not stable, um, you know, signings. And, and that's great, but it's also peppered with people who have global followings. Well, I, I would challenge that and say from a brand standpoint, AEW can't touch right. WWE, but it in the ring, it again, it's an absolutely a oh, better product. Yeah, the wrestling in that is regard. So there's two different product. things, right. like you've mentioned before. And yeah, it's, and again, it, that doesn't mean it's perfect in, by any stretch because they're, they're, they have issues as well. It's just that I think when you're you're starting anew and you see what you know this you know this this huge federation has done for I mean WWE has you know made wrestling what it is in a lot of ways so you can look at their mistakes and say hey we probably shouldn't do that yeah so well Vince in particular you know let's right. I mean he he bought the WWE from his dad and, and turned it into this juggernaut so. Anyway, this is interesting. It's really interesting to follow. Um, look forward to some more wrestling talk over the next couple of weeks because we're definitely going to be be keeping a close eye on what's happening here. I almost went support wrestle talk. Yeah, uh, I love those guys. Chopper and Tempest put a put a, a video out as we went to record it, so you can check out Wrestle Talk on on YouTube. Those guys are great. All right, they're, um, uh, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, right. All right, so moving on to our next news bite, Justified, um, the sequel for Justified, what is it, Primeval City or City Primeval or something like that. Uh, City Primeval. So production halted after outsiders engaged in a gun battle drive through um, as they drove through the barricades in Chicago. <laughs> Why are you shooting in Chicago? Why? Like, that, like you, you can have a... Um, you, you can you can shoot anywhere. Why, why the fuck would you shoot in Chicago? Oh, I, I I don't get that. I 
Like, did, they, did they want it. like real gun violence? <laughs> Is that what they wanted in this show? Like, rip hey, from the headlines? No, not even rip from the headlines. It's like, hey, we're just gonna go. Str- we're, we're just gonna set up a camera on a random street corner. Actual footage, yeah. right? The crazy thing about this is that was it yesterday that a law and order organized crime crew member was shot dead in yeah. New York? Yeah, it's the related story right here. <sighs> the mayor's office in New York gives the deepest condolences to the victim's family, though. You know, they haven't put the gun squad back on the street from the NYPD, but hey, deepest condolences. All right, it says here no one was injured during the Wednesday night intrusion. Those shell casings were found on the set later. The casting crew hit the ground and took cover when the incident occurred near the city's Doug, uh, near Douglas Park in Chicago. Timothy Oliphant, who's reprising his role as Raylan Givens, was present. A tipster told Deadline Oliphant shielded a production assistant from gunfire, um, but could but this could not be verified. Whatever. Um, <laughs> if he did, he did. If he didn't, he didn't. Um, so it says here the spinoff is inspired by Elmore Leonard's crime novel, City Primeval, High Noon in Detroit. Just go shoot in Detroit. Why are you shooting in Chicago? I I, I don't get this at all. Anyway. Um, and it's supposed to... Now, is this supposed to take place... Uh, is this going to be... Is he is he on the road or is he going to be in Miami or... So this is after... Is this? So this is after he leaves Kentucky for mm-hmm. going to Miami... Um, and he's balancing his life as a martial and part-time father to 14-year-old Willa, played by Oliphant's real-life daughter, Vivian. Yeah, I, I don't understand. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch Chicago now if I was a you know, of a studio shooting a movie or TV show for anything. Yeah, right I wouldn't now. touch Chicago if I lived there. Hence <laughs> <laughs> I would never live there. <laughs> right. I mean Chicago is great to visit for one or two days and then leave and you know not have to wear your body armor for 24 7 (laughs) anyway no this is just interesting i mean it's you know okay there's all sorts of stuff going on about gun violence right now there's a bill on the house floor that they want to pass through that will ban pretty much any modern guns like anything that's a a semi-automatic um and this is what happens when people who don't know anything about guns start talking about guns, <clears throat> Democrats in Congress. Um, you know, they, they, there's there's on like one page of the bill, they're they're banning a gun. And then 20 pages later, they're like, oh, no, but this version of the gun is not banned because it has a wooden, you know, wooden grip and not the plastic pistol grip. And it's like, OK, stop. <laughs> it's the same gun. It does the same thing. You, you want the pistol. You want, you want both. You want to be able to have a pistol grip, especially if you're using it for home defense, because you're going to be far more accurate with it for the Absolutely. lay person. It, anyway. Again. Anyway. Yeah. yeah they, the, the whole idea of like weapons of work. Well, great. If the military has it, I should be allowed to have it. That's what the Second Amendment correct. is for. <laughs> yes. But uh, yeah. So anyway, so production was halted. It, it looks like everybody was safe for the most part. It was just a... Uh, drive by but uh the set is closed until monday so good times at least it's not closed for covid right right so <laughs> anyway although you know hey shout out to brandon hopefully he uh he recovers from covid or cancer whichever one he actually has quickly and uh you know gets back to like he said he's hard at work and it's like hey why don't you take a break yeah like get back to tanking 
tanking yeah. his ratings. Why don't you go back to the basement? That's when people liked you the most. <laughs> right. Mom's basement. I'm going to call a lid on the presidency. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next up, you found this one for me. What a fun story. Um, and I LOL'd the second I saw the headline. Oh, when you they, sent it to me, I, I'm pretty sure you probably heard my eye roll. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. All right. So Disney provides first look at their illegal immigrant version of National Treasure, starring actress, hints illegal immigration, a prevalent theme in the show. I'm so happy I don't have Disney Plus anymore. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't watch this crap. Um, but the series focuses on hun, uh, young heroine Jess, played by Lisette Oliveira, a brilliant and resourceful dreamer who embarks on an adventure of a lifetime to uncover the truth about her family's mysterious past and save the lost Pan American treasure. They showed a first look at this in. Um, at Comic-Con um, International in Baltimore, in the Baltimore 20 room, um, which was a trailer. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I have zero interest in this show. Well, again, National Treasure was fun because of mm -hmm. uh, Diane Kruger. Uh, was it Justin Bartha? Yeah, and Justin Bartha. Nicolas Cage. Mm -hmm. That's what made that movie. Right. those movies for me i i'm not I, and let me let me divorce the whole illegal immigrant thing for a second mm -hmm. without them i have no interest in this movie right. Right. or in the show now you add this once again disney not understanding that stuff like this is not going to sell that just doubly makes me not want to watch it because if, if they didn't have all this whole you know folk and again I know this is bounding into comics with the headline, but if you read the quotes from the actors and act, the actors, they are peddling this stuff. So it's not a misleading quote because they are saying this of how important this is. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Justin Bartha is coming back to reprise, right. reprise his role as Riley Poole, and uh, Harvey Keitel is back. When I read Harvey Keitel, I read Harvey Fire, uh, Harvey Weinstein at first. I was like, wait, Harvey Weinstein <laughs> isn't like allowed to be in this. He might be in jail. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is just not, I don't know, the, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. And, and, and again, I'm, at, I'm literally at a loss for words, how out of touch Disney has become. Yeah, and, and this is, I, I just got to something here. If you're going to peddle something, you know, and, and our problems always are that they highlight this stuff. And when you highlight stuff, that mean, that tells me you're dishonest. You're being mm -hmm. dishonest and disingenuous with your reasoning. However, Marion Wiverly, uh, there's, there's a quote in here. We mm -hmm. were desperate to do something completely new in the sense we wanted to do female-centric. Mm -hmm. We wanted not only our lead to be a woman, we wanted our bad guy, our Sean Bean, our Ed Harris this time to be a woman. Wow, that's actually kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. They're going to have the... Sure. That's, I'll give them that. I'll give them that right there. The uh, the picture uh, of Cormac and Marianne Weberly that's on this page, they look like the two creepiest people on the planet. Oh, my God. They do. <laughs> Sorry. It, it, it looks like they're saying, oh, is that your child right there? 
Oh, yeah. come on. Let me give him a sniff. And the picture of Bob Chapek, he looks like a testicle. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, the Marianne's grandmother, her name was Jess. Um, I guess so was Cormac's. Um, so they named her after their grandmother and she named the camera, whatever. And Cormac's dad was never an American citizen. So, okay. Did your dad come here illegally? Is that what you're telling us? So, um, and, and then the actress playing Jess couldn't be more proud that the character she's playing is, is a criminal. So here's my question. Who's the bad guy then? Yeah. Is it the person who's trying to steal whatever and sell it for money? Or is it the person who is illegally in America? Yeah. And again, this is the, the whole out of touch thing. Right. In, in the sense of, yes, she is of Hispanic origin or, or what have you. Ooh, and, do you think she goes by Latinx? Uh, oh, because she's in Hollywood. She yeah. absolutely does. Do you, yeah, she's a Latinx. Like, talk to she's normal. a looker, man. Whew. Yes, he is. I've never seen her before. I've I've never even heard of her. Yeah, you talk to people, you know, like who came here legally. Mm -hmm. They this shit doesn't fly with them. I've talked to them. Right, this doesn't fly with them. Yep, yep. And once again, it's just uh, out of touch. And then they're gonna start throwing their ism and it's at people Mm -hmm. when this. Because it's gonna, this is going to tank. Not just because of their disingenuousness, but because they're doing a property that, honestly, again, Nick Cage ain't in it. No, Diane Kruger is not in it. Disney, I don't care. Disney no longer creates; they just destroy. This is correct. It's so sad. They, they absolutely—that's all they do. On the positive note, I did see the uh, to, to add a little levity. I saw the little I Am Groot trailer. Oh, cool. Um, that looks fun. Yeah. All right. So speaking of destroying, so more news. <sighs> allegedly, I'm going to go with allegedly because this isn't this isn't true, and this is something Victoria Alonso has been saying for years. The MCU, they're not going to be called X Men. They're just going to be the mutants. Um, and. Yeah, so she's been saying for years that the the X-Men is toxic and outdated, but, you know, she's not taking into account of the fact that they're not talking about men. <laughs> they're, they're talking it's, about man as in humans. Like, yeah, and know. taking the X and yeah. taking the HU mm-hmm. out and putting the X for the human. Right, X-Men. for the X gene that they all share as homo superior. And again, that just, that's once again, showing someone who doesn't understand. She, she absolutely doesn't understand what it means. And honestly, even if she did, she's one of those people that doesn't care. No, she She just wants to destroy because she, she can't actually do anything. And, and how she keeps failing upward is beyond me. Right. Yeah. And I will say this five, maybe six years ago, I would, especially after some of the tepid more, well, not even five, six years ago, especially after that last X-Men movie, mm-hmm. I, I was really wanting Marvel to get a hold of it. But it's what, remember, you know, be careful what you wish for. We want like phase two Marvel. 
MCU yes. to have a hold of this. Not which not, was not whatever. Not what we are now. I have zero yeah. faith in anything that they do yeah. now. None. Oh yeah, none whatsoever. Yeah, it's just oh, I don't know. It's we're gonna know more at D twenty three because there's no reason for them to actually announce. I, I'm actually surprised these right. people still go to Comic Con at all. Like DC didn't have a booth. Even though they managed to do a panel and, and you know, piss, piss everybody off with Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. Oh, but we're not going to, we don't want to spoil what's happening, but here's our spoiler for what's happening. Thank you, Wes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny. They're, the people, so X-Men is, is their most popular franchise. In the comics, right? Like, I, I think globally, probably it's their most popular, like franchise team, all of that stuff. And it has never been given the care and respect it deserves. Um, yeah, the, I was just watching a video yeah. of they're still doing the Hellfire Gala or a part two. Oh, or yeah, it's going to be every year now with this X office that they have um, of just idiots that are 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 writing. I'm sorry who are destroying the X-Men comics. This is the first time in 15 years I do not have an X-Men book on my pull list. That is that's shameful. 15 in 15 years I have I have the for you know, I mean, I've taken breaks here and there, but I've always had at least one X book because there's always been at least one that I want to read. And I had years where like I was collecting like everything and like I'm sorry, I even enjoyed some of Bendis's all new, all different when he pulled the out of time original five forward. I actually enjoyed some of that, even though again, it was the continued character assassination of Cyclops. Um, and what he did to Iceman is unforgivable. But that being said, like, this is all just, <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, you know, you have people like Jennifer Lawrence, like talking about, you know, uh, the X, they should be called the X women because the women are doing all the saving. And it's like, yeah, that's just because it's like, it has nothing to do with the women doing the saving. It's the fact that like you're calling it X women because you're an idiot. And, and they, the, the stories have been so poorly written. They've only been able to focus on like one character at a time. Case in point, Wolverine the first time out mystique the second time around uh the second time around and jennifer lawrence was mailing it in after first oh class my. after fir first yeah. class is the only one she tried yeah first and class then, and, I, and i really like first her class is first great class. she was great she was great in first class that's when she could still act i don't know what just happened to her yeah she became a meme with that yeah okay maybe it's that right? i don't know maybe but I don't know. the last yeah the oh especially the last couple she was Again, is that collecting a paycheck? Mm -hmm. And I, we know that they are going to do a lot of rewriting, and we're not going to get the characters that we knew from the comics. Not even close. No, no, and, it's and not like, going to. Yeah, close. like yeah, it's gonna is going to be the diversity Olympics, you know, and it's just Which, not. You in, know, in itself, it's not a problem. It's not yeah, but. It's not necessary for the X-Men. No, they're already a, a highly diverse group of, of characters that, you know, yeah. do all of that. Anyway. All right. Um, so yeah, more to, more to come on that. And then the last thing that we have here 
in our news pints is uh, Gabe El Taib is back in the news. <laughs> um, so he we talked scorched about the earth. we yeah oh dude yeah he's totally is going scorched scorched words Scor- uh, words are hard. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he's going, uh, as I put, going ham on uh, noted SJW and alleged phony and racist Tom Taylor. Um, I say alleged just because, you know, whatever. Uh, so he he thanks Superman son of Kal-El writer Tom Taylor for being a phony and a racist SJW and inspiring him to leave DC Comics. So, uh, it says here in the, in the article, in light of the Ripaverse's successful launch campaign, by the way, over $3 million. When we talked about it last week, it was under two and now it's over 3 million, which is amazing. Congrats. I'm Eric. loving it. I Every, love it. Yeah. This is yeah. awesome to, to, yeah, I just, you love to see it as they say. Um, so I saw him series colorist, Gabe El Taib, who is a fantastic colorist, by the way, he is fantastic. Yeah. The, the, the depth that he's able to bring is amazing. Uh, has given thanks to his former DC Comics collaborator and Superman, son of Kal-El writer, I'm going to use writer in air quotes because he's really fallen off for me, Tom Taylor, for being a phony and racist SJW and inspiring him to leave the publisher and make non-woke art with Eric July. Uh, Taking to Twitter on July 11th, shortly after the campaign debut uh, of the July written... uh, Okay. Of the July written El Taib, Cliff Richardson, and Eric Weathers illustrated ISOM went live. The colorist proudly promoted the crowdfunding effort by asserting to his followers, having the courage to leave DC Comics is one of the best things I've ever done. I'm proud that in a world most fear what others think, I have the bravery to go against the woke grain. Eric D. July, DC Comics loss is your game. Your game. ISOM is a hit, and I'm so happy to make this non-woke art. Um, and then he added a referencing his departure, uh, his departure from DC following the decision to update Superman's mission from fighting for truth, justice in the American way, instead of fighting truth, justice in the better tomorrow. Um, that's why he left. And I'll be honest when they pulled that shit out in Lois and Clark and uh, Superman and Lois, I like, I was pissed. Okay, I, we didn't. I don't think we talked about that. We, but when we, I heard we, that, we glossed I, over it just because we like. I didn't want to be. I I didn't want to even go negative at all because more people should watch that show. Yeah. But here's the thing: they don't have the rights to truth, justice, in the American way. Most likely, it is most likely reverted back to Siegel and Schuster's um, estate. Mm-hmm. So okay. Here's the thing: pay them, pay them to use their shit. Yeah, Quit don't, making don't. up. Um, just inferior versions of things. If you're not going to do it right, if you're not going to pay, pay the people who created it, give up, give it up, just license it, license it to people who will care. Don't let people like Tom Taylor write this shit. Don't let people like yeah. Vida uh, write this shit. Do not let anyone who like Teeny Howard or anyone like that go near any of these books. Yeah, what, Visage, what I say do is, not let do not let them write books. Well, and, and I'll say this: if, if they want to write their own books, whether it's you know do their on their mm-hmm. own dime or or these companies want them, because again, I've read Tom Taylor's Seven Secrets, and and for the most part, I really liked it. If that's fine, 
But you know what? If you're writing a character like Superman or mm-hmm. something like we're going back to the other one, like the X-Men or mm-hmm. any of these well-established characters, leave your ideologies at the door. Look at the history of this character and follow that. Yes, you can put them in different situations, but don't change the character because right. your own, you know, basically it's narcissism. Mm-hmm. That That's all it is because thinking you know better, you don't. Your writing sucks. And they might not if you write your own material. Like I said, I will give him credit for what I read from The Seven Secrets. But what he did to Superman? No. Yeah, I mean, what he's currently doing to Nightwing. Oh, I haven't read the last couple of Nightwings. Yeah, it's just not good. I mean, you know, anyway. Um, I do like, he says, I'm more free, uh, Gabriel type says I'm more free than ever. I have more money than ever. And I couldn't done this without you, Tommy. He proudly concluded signing off his tweet with hashtag comics gate. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, here's the whole tweet. It says, I'd like to thank Tom Taylor for being a phony and a racist SJW. If it wasn't for his bad writing and insulting take on Superman, I might've stayed at DC comics. Then I'm more free than ever. I have more money than ever. And I couldn't have done it without you, Tommy. Hashtag comedy. I love the whole Tommy slash hashtag comedy. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And then, you know, obviously you have people like, you know, uh, who are, who are upset. Um, someone's like, who are you again? Uh, found out firebombs that dude. Oh yeah. And then, uh, call me daddy from now on, uh, said, found out who you were and honestly pretty disappointed by the first impression you're giving me here. Um, and then obviously he's, I'm not here to be validated by anyone. I don't need it. That's for weak, the weak and the narcissistic. If you can do, if I can do anything, I want to ensure people to be brave and achieve. Um, and yeah, I mean, do it like this is, this is great. And you look, God, you look at the colors of like, just the way this stuff is. I'm, I'm so looking forward to getting an ISM number one. Um, the, the character design of Yara, um, looks yeah. really cool. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just excited to, to read these books and get them next month. And that's the beauty of this. This is not a typical crowdfunding campaign. All of this is done. All of this is ready to go. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's just a matter of fulfillment. We have to wait six or eight months for like a lot of these. And then, yeah. And then you had the douchebag from bleeding cool, uh, rich Johnston who was like, Oh, it's just scam and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's like, dude, quit. Like, you know, you're British again. Um, like the one dude, like we, we don't, since July 4th, 1776, people in Britain, we don't care about your opinion on anything. Yeah. Nothing. I, I, I do love Gabe's response. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't care what you think mm-hmm. about me. And more people need to take that, especially with everything that's oh, going yeah. on nowadays. You, you got to stop caring what people think about mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah, they're either going to like what you think or not. It doesn't matter what they think. It matters what you think of yourself. And I love that response. And dude, if you cut us off, I'm sorry if my cat's walking across my keyboard. Uh, but I, I love that. Like, I don't care. I'm not. I'm not here for your validation. So, but right. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for August. Cannot wait get, to get this merch too. Mm-hmm. I know. We'll be, uh, I got my. I got my Isom. Isom shirt and my um and my Ripover shirt. So. Yeah. Are you, did you see the hats that went on sale? I know, but like, I don't really wear hats all that often. And when I do, I don't really enjoy wearing them. (laughs) Um, because I got these, I got these flowing locks and it's normally up in a little bun now, a little tiny, like sumo bun. (laughs) Dude, if they would have had a visor, I'd have been on it. I know you and your visors, you love the visors. Yeah. Respect the visor. 
God, the hat's twenty. Like the old is it a trucker hat? Uh, it is I, a I didn't. Hat. I only well, I do like trucker oh. hats. Oh, and it's a snapback. Yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need the hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on to our last topic here because we're going to try and stay under an hour again because Daryl's got things to do and places to be. Uh, Daryl finally watched Ted Lasso, um, which is awesome. Finally. Um, and before we get started, Ted Lasso stars prepare to say goodbye as Apple series shoots final episodes of the third and possibly final season. How do you feel about that? After watching two seasons, uh, the first two seasons and the last, what, two and a half weeks, mm -hmm. it makes me feel very sad. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though. One, a lot of times shows go on for too long. Right. And shows when when you have a natural arc, yeah, I'll I'll bring in Supernatural, I'll bring in Buffy. When you have that arc that seems to end perfectly, at it doesn't matter five, six, seven seasons. Well, the, both of those were five seasons. If right. that's the case, okay, you know, go off, go off riding high. Mm -hmm. Yep. So uh, I just want more though. Yeah. I want more than three seasons of Ted Lasso. <laughs> I get that's, it. That's the selfish me. Yeah. So executive producer and star Brett Goldstein revealed last month that season three's finale is being written as the series finale. We're writing it like that. He told the Sunday times it was planned as three echoing the statement on multiple occasions as co-creator Jason Sudeikis, Brendan Hunt and Bill Lawrence. Lawrence told deadline in October. Uh, we said this series was only going to go for uh, was only to be three seasons. Apple has not confirmed the series will wrap with season three. So who knows? Um, and B Bill Lawrence also knows a thing or two about having a series stick around too long with Scrubs, which had an amazing series finale, and then they brought it back for another season with the whole like interns thing, and it didn't work. Or the med school students, and it didn't work. The only the only good thing about that last season is we had more Dave Franco in our lives. I still haven't gone gotten on the Scrubs train. Yeah. I don't know where it is. Is, there, is it streaming every, anywhere? Uh, I think Amazon. But it's been heavily edited for um, objectionable material. Can't stand that. Well, there's like there's an episode where JD goes with Turk to his fraternity and. Turk painted his face white and JD and had and painted JD's face black. And then they knock on the door to go in and they're going to like, they think it's gonna be a funny joke, but then Turk sees a girl and leaves JD to get his ass kicked. It's actually really funny. Right. And then like every time JD runs into these people for the rest of his life, it's like kind of a gag that happens. Like they beat him up. <laughs> okay. So it's on prime video and yeah. Hulu. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, so he, he should, he should know better than that. All right. So you watched all of the first two seasons. Um, so just to get your rating out of 10 lead tassos, what do you give it? <laughs> I give it a nine out of 10. Wow. It's, it is, well, first from a uh, comedic standpoint, it is amazing just the, the so many of the jokes hit there there are very few things that don't hit from a joke standpoint right. for me mm -hmm. uh the the whole fish out of water thing uh, with ted lasso and you know it's an american football coach getting tossed over going over to the pond you know going across the pond to teach you know real football mm -hmm. as as they say and as the brits say but 
season two is where it got so much so much deeper than that for me uh it wasn't now don't get me wrong there were moments in season one there were some very emotional moments in season Mm -hmm. one but in season two where you see you know the struggle that ted goes through you see more about his past you get more about his past some of those relationships and and again it you know some of these parallel with like jamie and his dad Mm -hmm. versus you know ted's anger towards his father and Mm -hmm. there's just so much good stuff and that I think season two really, for me, uh, synced this up as just a all time potentially all because again we still have season three right potentially all time great show and I I understand why it got all the Emmy nominations that it did yeah oh yeah so although it got so it got twenty nominations again but I think this is all for season two again wait a minute what. So the the last the first set of nominations I, I believe were for season two, not season one. That doesn't. I, I I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, I, I'm not sure when when the when the, you know the the season ended in which year of Emmys those were for for the first season. Mm-hmm. But the second season was last July. That's a, and so, I, yeah, that's a, that's a long time. So, and they're saying, so they were expecting season three to be July. Um, but it's, uh, it looks like it's probably gonna be like October for season three. And we don't have a count of episodes yet either. Well, uh, probably the same as the first two seasons around 10, there yeah. that 10, 12 mark. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's been like 20, 22 episodes. So season one was 10, season two was 12. So, right. I don't know. I, I, I think if they did 12, that would be all right. Uh, yeah, I would, I, I would be happy with that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good. Uh, what did you <clears throat> what did you think of the beginning of season two when uh, Danny Rojas, Football is Life, took out poor innocent Earl who was just trying to kill a bird. <laughs> that was one of those things. I, I saw them, I saw it coming, but I was, I didn't expect it to go the way it did. I thought he was, you know, we were going to see the next scene, the little poor little guy, just, uh, you know, just in the hospital or something. No, they went, they went full on dude. This soccer ball just exploded his brain. Right. <laughs> and watching, just how everything, how they bring in their, you know, the, the, the Western terms of the yips, for example. And, you know, they like, we don't say that word. Right. <laughs> and I, I bringing Sharon in, uh, doc, was mm-hmm. it doc Sharon? Dr. Sharon. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought that was, uh, a, I thought she was only going to be in this for maybe one or two episodes. Mm-hmm. But just her importance in this in season two, as it relates to Ted dealing with his past, was 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 very surprising. Because again, I thought she was just going to be one of those big characters. Yeah. Because I, you know, I have, I haven't read anything about Ted Lasso, so I didn't know anything about who's who's going to be where and how long. You know, I, I, I for a second I didn't think Jamie was coming back after the that oh, season one yeah. finale. You so, can't not he have Jamie talk. Do to do Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart 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 Tart. No, it's Jamie yeah. Tart. Do 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 do. Jamie Tart. Do. Which I. 
That was the first time I ever heard any variation of the Baby Shark song. I didn't even know where that came yeah, from. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. I'm, I am not a Baby Shark uh, aficionado or fan, so I hadn't I hadn't heard it before. So, <laughs> Right. But I know. I, I didn't either. I was singing it around the house, and mm-hmm. uh, Jess was like, dude, this Baby Shark's... I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, about Baby okay. Shark? What is wrong with yeah. you? Yeah. So. <laughs> So, yeah, and again, but my favorite has to be Roy fucking Kent. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking He's player. every fucking Roy Kent. Yeah. I, I, I love, again, I've never seen Brett Goldstein in anything. So it was kind of funny, you know, seeing the his his bit part mm-hmm. in Thor or just reading oh, about yeah. his bit part in Thor, Love and Thunder. As Hercules. Hercules, uh, Hercules. Hercules. But hit again his his journey too from you know this guy knowing he doesn't no not wanting to admit that he doesn't he his his time is is up basically and mm-hmm. letting that go and then his just it, seeing season two him, him develop and mm-hmm. you know the ups and downs him and keely have and you know his relationship with jamie when jamie comes back and he becomes a coach at and i mean the when scene. he's coaching the little girls, that's amazing. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, oh, or his or his little niece Phoebe, where she oh, where she gets called in because she uh, curses kid out. Yep. And then his, she was like, "Can we get ice cream after?" He's like, "Fuck no!" And then the teacher just looks at him like, "Like oh, <laughs> now I see." Um. Yeah, I I also like when they go door to door looking for the dentist with him and and Keely and and Phoebe. <laughs> When what, he told what, her, he's like, Bernard I think you live? might be dying. <laughs> <laughs> where does Bernard live? You can't go fight a little boy. Well, the fuck I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really, again, talking about that up and down between him and Keely and, you know, just the relationships they had and, and working through things. And he had he had the Huey moment mm-hmm. where he was ready to fight Jamie oh, after yeah. Jamie professes his love. But Jamie comes clean. He's like, dude, I'm so sorry about this. I never should have done this. And he is so pissed because he like he, he can't he can't punch him now. Right. I thought that was great. Uh, just and then them like I mean, it, it was watching him embrace Jamie after that, you know, dust up with uh, Jamie's father mm-hmm. in the locker room in front of everyone was I mean, that was heart. That was oh, heartbreaking. Yeah. It, just, it, it was just amazing moment between those two characters who have always had that back and forth with mm-hmm. each other especially you know when they were playing playing each other and it's and, 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 and yeah even jamie watching him grow from you know just a big old prick to slowly becoming a more a better teammate mm-hmm. but you still need that prick every now and then right as oh, roy told one it's just 100. and then you know i haven't even talked about enough about uh i mean there's the other ones like you know obviously ted and coach beard and you know rachel and keely and there are so many characters in here that have you know when you talk about rachel going through with you know everything she did went through with rupert giles her ex mm-hmm. right that's why I, I just call him rupert giles yeah i mean because his name and, is rupert and you know yeah I was a little on the nose, and and then again, going back to season two, everything so much about dads when you know she, her dad dies unexpectedly, mm-hmm. right? And her her dealing with that and telling her mother, you know, 
yeah, he cheated on you. I knew that and I hated him for it. And then the mother saying, I knew about it. And she was like, well, now I hate you too. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just a lot of stuff, uh, you know, just, this is the thing about people. And sometimes it's hard not to like when somebody does something, you know, put a judgment on them. But it, it just, there are things that people go through in life that you just, and, and, and don't get me wrong. It doesn't absolve bad behavior. But it sometimes makes you think like, wow, they really went through that. That yeah. really sucks. Right. And it, it, it and like I said, it doesn't absolve bad behavior. It just give it's an, it just shows you everybody's is there are layers to everyone. That's what I'm trying to say. And are you trying you know, sometimes to say that everyone really... is like like an onion with layers? <laughs> you could say that or a seven layer chocolate cake. Is that, or what you're, like that. is that what you're trying to say there, Shrek? <laughs> yes, I am. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I, like, I liked. I liked the like familial relationships that they dealt with with the show. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, it's. And and it and and the thing it, how it works so seamlessly with the comedy, it, you, because again Ted Lasso. And we find this out in season two, like fully find it out. But he's one of those people who hides his insecurities or the pain he's feeling with humor. And that's just how it that's mm-hmm. just how he, he comes across. Right. Which I thought I was I also thought it funny that Doc Sharon gets gets told by her her own psychiatrist, like you hide yours with your intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, so I, I just I really like the di- dynamic between those two. And showing how, you know, sometimes, like they say, sometimes it's best, the, the stranger is the best person to tell or to start right. unloading because they have no prior misconceptions or no prior conceptions about who you are as a person. Right. And you feel less judged, I think. That's why a lot of people feel more how at dare ease. You? <laughs> what was that for? Just judging people. You shouldn't do it. No. No. <laughs> no. But I yeah, it's this it's just such a great uh, amazingly written show. And I think I it, it'll probably in the next week or so we'll start doing our own re- rewatch of it over here because I mean yeah. I can't wait to watch it again. Oh yeah. Because it's I so know good. the first half of season one, I kinda watched it in the background. I didn't give mm-hmm. it the attention. So there's there I know there's a few things that I missed in the first those first probably four right. or five episodes that um I, I will catch this time around. Yeah. But I, I love this show. I mean, as an you OG know, Ted Lasso own- fan, like who was on board before it was cool to be on board. Like I'm just happy you finally watched it. Yeah. I mean this this kind of same thing with Cobra Kai, and you're like, dude, you gotta watch Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get to it. I have really Holy good taste in television. Awesome. Yeah, you know the so, next one you need to watch is the bear. I really want to watch that. The, uh, the one on Hulu, right? The bear is fucking amazing. It is yeah. fucking okay. amazing. All right, I, I will absolutely watch it because I, I saw that it came on a few weeks ago on yeah. Hulu, and, and I saw the trailer, and it got picked up for season it, two already. Okay, so, so it is, and then um, the final episode is a oneer, so it's a one shot. Where they cre- they built the set with hard walls, so that they couldn't like 
so they had to use the same kind of angles and stuff from the actual restaurant that they shot in for the rest of the season. It is fucking awesome. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. So, and that kid from, um, shameless, I have no idea what his name is. Cause I didn't watch shameless who plays the Carmi, uh, Carmen, the first, the, the main character. I love him. He's so great in the role. And, uh, the Punisher's little sidekick from the Punisher show is, uh, is in there. The, the guy who he, who, uh, the computer guy, I can't remember his name now. Uh, micro. Yeah. Micro. Thank you. Uh, micro is, is, um, one of the main characters. Well, not micro, but that actor, he's one of the main characters. Yeah. Yeah. I like that guy as an actor. Yeah. He's like a character actor. So yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's really good. Um, and just kind of like here as we're closing up while we're at it, uh, Thor dumb and blunder (laughs) is stuck at 520 million worldwide. What? Not 7 million, 700 million. No, that was a, that was a glitch. Uh, it is, uh, it is, it is going to lose a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it was a 250 or $280 million budget. Like, they need to make a lot of money to to recoup for this one, and they're not. They're just not. You'll love to see it. Well, how about this for Walking Dead fans? There's going to be a Walking Dead spinoff that will focus on Rick and Michonne. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, hold on. I have a better one for that. How dare you? <laughs> Do we even care anymore? No, we don't. No. I mean, why Why would you care about The Walking Dead at this point? I mean, the show itself is a zombie. It's just a lifeless yeah, husk I, of what it once was. Oh, absolutely is. And so. that was the thing where I remember why I stopped watching it when we were doing our rewatch a few months ago. Mm-hmm. It was because it just got so bad. <laughs> I remember why I stopped watching it because it was so bad. <laughs> Yeah. And we had like eight episodes to go to finish off season. Was it season 10 we were on? Oh, wow. Couldn't even make it. It's just, yeah. It went I, from like two yeah. episodes some nights to one episode every three days. To <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, we have other, we had, there's better stuff out there. I got, I got to the point where Negan showed up and I was done. I was just like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay. I don't yeah. need, I don't need this yeah. in my life. Yeah, that was actually I will I will say that was some that was actually some that was up and down because mm-hmm. their problem was the the arcs were too long. Mm-hmm. Like the governor's arc was too long. Right. The whispers was the worst. That was the worst. Yeah. The whispers. Stupid whispers. The whispers were really First, awesome at, in the comic. They were really awesome in the comic. Well, no, so. the idea is great. Yeah. But it there it, there's only so long you can go, especially you can do it a little bit more in the comic, a little bit longer. But for a TV show to have an arc about that is it just doesn't work for me. Right. It, it's you, you again because there's so much more you can do with the with the written word that you would think it's the opposite. But with the TV show, you know you have to. The idea of The Walking Dead, and and I'll leave it here is. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the conflicts with other groups that was the most interesting thing. It was about these people coming together and how they were facing this new world that they were forced to live in. And 
with some of the stuff with the whispers and even the saviors, they you lose sight of that. And right. it becomes more like this big action war flick, which don't get me wrong, some of it was great, but it, it went on for too long. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. So all right, cool. On that note, you got anything else? No, uh, we, maybe next week. Uh, I know that Comic-Con or San Diego Comic-Con yeah. has been, will start at Wednesday and there really has not been a lot of stuff or we would have, we would have talked about some of the stuff, you know, we've thrown it here in here and there through this podcast, mm-hmm. but maybe we'll, we'll break some down some of the stuff that happened this week. Cause I think it goes through Sunday. Yeah, it goes through and, Sunday. So, you know, I and, mean, and maybe if... talk about some of the highlights of what we're excited for, which spoiler alert, probably not much. <laughs> from I mean, so far the biggest news that has come out like comic book wise is that DC comics has decided that they, uh, the name of the dark crisis is now dark crisis on infinite earths because nobody's reading it because it's garbage. Yeah. Anyway. So cool. All right. Well on that note, thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.